Hello and welcome to this season's Fantasy League newsletter. With a twist, we've gone all trendy on you with a podcast. And to keep things interesting, we have a special guest. Hello there. So if you hadn't guessed it, that was the beautiful Russell Borman, who I've drafted in a short notice, sitting right next to me. Hello, Russell. Bonjour. How are you? Very well, thank you. Excited to be here. I'm glad you could make it. So we thought we'd maybe start off by thinking about last season. No newsletter last year or the year before that. Disappointing Um, all round, I think. But uh, hopefully this year we'll be back on to to a winner. Back stronger, to quote Peter Crouchy's podcast. Yes, indeed. And my team name, actually. Oh, well. No, no points for originality there, then, <laughs> Mr. Weller, unfortunately. Better than yours. <laughs> That's what everyone says. Yeah. So what happened last season, then? Um, well, last season was quite a big season because we had two fantasy managers who had previously won the Cup four times. Um and it was a, a big race to the end of the season to see who would win it that coveted fifth time, just like Brazil. Fourth time? Well, have you won it four times? I have, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't have brought that up, should I? <laughs> How many times have you won it, Callum? I am part of the multiple elite, well, actually. That's, that's at least something so to say. So as many as you. There's, there's obviously still those people that haven't won it at all, of course. That but, is true. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, just, so, just twice, I'm afraid. Well, that's better than zero, isn't it? That's true. So... We had uh, myself and Bryn Jones vying for that fifth fifth trophy. Um, and, of course, Bryn Jones ended up coming out on top in the end by, uh, by quite a distance, I think, in, in, in the end of the season. Myself, I, I ended up, I think I was second for the majority of this season and then um, tried to make some interesting transfers towards the end to try and break that problem of having exactly the same team as the people above you that often happens towards the end of a season and it didn't quite come off because it ended up coming fifth in the end or something like that so um, not the best finish to a season for myself but congratulations Bryn Jones you did a marvellous job yet again as, as the uh, winner of the Fantasy League Bexhill Posse Championship. Yeah congratulations, congratulations Bryn. Um, possibly um, can be called the GOAT now maybe but they come on to that a bit later on. Yes. In fact, whilst we're there, let's talk about what's going to come into this podcast over the next few minutes. So coming up in today's podcast, then we've got a long list of things to get through. Um, hope you can stick with us. Um, so I think we'll start off, Russell, with team names. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, then we'll go on to talk about some of those key picks for the season ahead, those players that could make the big difference. I think we're going to touch on some potential problems for Fantasy League managers this year, including the use of uh, VAR. We'll see how that goes this season. I can see that causing some real real discussions and real arguments. Like we need any other problems to... <laughs> well, yes. Um, then we're going to have a discussion which is close to my heart, obviously, about who is the goat of the Bexhill Posse fantasy football, the greatest of all time. <laughs> I've got a feeling that could last all of 30 <laughs> seconds, but we'll see. Um, and then after that, we'll do our classic yearly predictions about who's going to finish where. Uh, we've also been receiving some messages throughout the day from the various managers and 
uh, general public actually mm. about the future of the Bexhill Posse this season. This podcast is taking off, it I'd really say. Is. <laughs> Watch this space. And then we'll finish with um, any other business to conclude the first podcast. Excellent. So, um, team names then. Let's go through those, um, see what hilarious names we've got. I think we should probably start with mine, which I've just briefly mentioned. Back Stronger. See, this is fairly clever because I feel like I'm coming back stronger from my previously terrible seasons, but also is linked to the Peter Crouch podcast, and it's one of their catchphrases they have on there. If any of you have listened to Peter Crouch podcast, you'll understand. Um, and we're also doing a podcast for this year's newsletter, so it fits in pretty well. Not much more to say about it, really, to be perfectly honest. Um, but that's where it comes from. Not just a knockoff, of course, of Peter Crouch's podcast. Well... Maybe. Inspired by. I think we're probably going to end up beating him in their rating. <laughs> Get it onto the BBC Sport yeah. website. Who knows what could happen? Um, following Callum, we've got a team called All the Smallings, uh, entered by Mr. Thomas Holloway. Um, now I can't help but feel that that has been found on a uh, Google search <laughs> of fantasy football teams. Come on, that's happened to the best of us. Though, it has, of apart course. from you, obviously. No, you no we'll, yours. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But that's obviously a. Uh, a play on the song All the Small Things clever. by Blink 182. Mm. Uh, but rather cleverly, Callum, it's replaced Small Things <laughs> with the name of a yes. Premier League footballer, Chris Smalling, who it of has course plays for Manchester United. Clever. Also, I believe, Tom Holloway's very favourite football team. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, before we go any further, actually, I just want to say, mentioned to uh, Dan Rose, who isn't in this list. Sorted out, Dan um, Rose, basically. Yeah, come on. Um, but a little brief search through the archives actually found um, through one of the newsletters one of Dan's old team names. I feel uh, feels need, well, I feel needs a mention. Um, Roger me off dot lads. Oh, that's that's just filthy. Um, absolutely disgusting. That's absolute filth. <laughs> Made me laugh though. Hopefully this year. What it means is Roger me off. I think what you're saying there is um, something sexual. Oh, knowing Dan Rose um, mm. and the way he was at college, I can imagine it would be indeed. Something the clever sexual. thing he's done though is because the game doesn't allow filthy or dirty names. Ah. He's what he's cleverly done. He's used the name Roger. Yes. Um, which is going to go incognito and they're not, not going to pick that one up. No. Then he's got me off, M-E-O-F-F, so it looks like a surname. That's then clever. he's put a full stop, then he's put lads. That's clever. clever. Let's just all, also talk about uh, Dan Rose's other controversial team name in the previous <laughs> years. Uh, the year after he won the Fancy League Football Trophy, where he then had his team name set as FL Trophy for Sale, pound sign. A disgraceful team name all round. So... Um, Let's work on that, Dan Rose, shall we, please? Let's in, see what he future. comes in with this year, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, um, let's uh, carry on. Um, next well, your, your friend, name. Josh Callum. Josh, yeah, I know Josh. I think Tom knows him too. I think he's worked with him before. Uh, he's gone for... Uh, he keeps returning, doesn't he? He does. I haven't spoken to him. Glutton for punishment. He is, yeah. Um, Var says no. See, what I think he's done here yeah. is there's a TV programme which you all might be familiar with. Do you remember what it's called? Um, oh well, if I, if, I, if we're along the same thoughts here, Mister Wooler, it is uh, Little Britain with Matt Lucas and correct. the rather creepy David Wallace. And what he's done here, I think, by saying Vars is no, is that it is normally computer says no, right? Yes, you're right. And because Vars is quite controversial, yeah, it's caused quite a few problems. Quite often, will say no this to season. Say no. I imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah indeed. 
I'll probably say, no, get out of it, far. <laughs> a few heart attacks for our listeners there, Mr. Callum. Sorry. Um, right, next up, we've got our, our good friend Lawrence Gill, uh, soaking up all of that experience on the continent, of course, in Spain, <laughs> which he's adding to his excellent team knowledge. Uh, he's gone for the name Gilly Lead, I don't which, if it. I'm thinking correctly, is a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Because in the... And Lawrence Gill will tell me if I'm wrong, of course, being the Harry Potter expert, expert that he is. But I believe it's from the fourth Harry Potter book and film, Goblet of Fire, where the um, character Harry, the main character... Uh, Protagonist. ...chews on some of this gilly lead, which gives him gills to go underwater with. Now, Lars has obviously cleverly managed to get his surname Gill into the team which he generally does with I remember past names like A View to a Gill uh, and such classics as that but the word lead is is for Lawrence quite optimistic I feel having having never won fantasy football so you never know not going to lie glad you you had his name because I I did read the Harry Potters but you're out on your own there because I've forgotten all about that there you go thanks for being here defending champion Bryn Jones yeah so his name is I haven't really followed many transfers, but by the look of it, hilarious. Well, well, I think it's a play on hilarious. Ah, thanks for that. That wasn't obvious. Uh, jokes, it was, Bryn. Um, so the play is called Sebastian Haller, I believe. Is that yes. correct? Yes, Forward? Um, yeah, 40, 45 million, I think they've paid for him. Something like that. A bit steep. He's come over from Germany. Frankfurt, I believe. Mm. track Frankfurt. So, um, And much like probably Bryn's performance this year, which will be hilarious. Um, well, well, as our prediction show. Careful there, I'm just looking ahead to our predictions. Yeah. Um, not to give too much away, but not mm. going to be in the top two, Bryn, this year. Cool. Uh, now, Bryn has obviously got history with, again, using West Ham team members in his, of course, in thanks his team names. Picking up on that. Because, one, again, one of his previous team names was called Downing My Sorrows. Because, obviously, Stuart Downing, that Downing. fantastic Downing. winger. Ex-Liverpool, of course. Um, Ex-England winger, somehow. Uh, used to play for West Ham, so Grin went for that name. So, continuing a trend there for him, really. It's quite, I quite like that, actually. Quite a few trends following there. We've yes. got, um, coming on to the next one, I think we have another trend, don't we? Our good friend Oven Grill, or Evan Gill, as some people like to call him. Um, traditionally, he somehow, and we're not sure how he does this, Callum, but he manages to find himself a Bible quote... Mm which fits in quite nicely with the idea of competition and football question. and stuff like that. Yes. Is he a Bible basher? Well, the, I don't know. It's a great question. Maybe somebody could phone in and tell us if Oven Grill is indeed yeah, please a get Bible in touch, basher. Actually. Please get in touch. Callum, mwhotmail.com. Or, I'm not sure what's yours, Rusty? Please, please, please don't get in touch with me. I'd rather you didn't. Thank okay. you. Um, Rusty something. Now, Trombone, maybe. <laughs> Oven Grill, of course. Whether he spends his entire summer pre-season just reading the bible in order to find these quotes i'm not sure but if he does do that he'd be better served of course looking up more information about the players and things like that but this year he's gone for matthew chapter 19 verse 30 which i think Bryn jones might take good notice of because the quote reads but many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first Oven Grill hoping there, of course, that he will swap places with Bryn Jones from last year. We'll see what happens. 
Well, we better um, get a move on because we are taking up a lot of time on this one. Um, let's go on to the next one. So PK blinders. Oh, see what he's done there. So he's combined. What he's done is combined the player Gerard PK. Yes. The X-Men United stroke Barcelona defender. Spanish with defender. With the uh, British crime drama, Peaky Blinders. And he's oh. put them together to form PK Blinders. That's genius. And that, quite possibly another Google search like Tom Holloway. Possibly. Trying to cast aspersions. Well, it's possible, but I have some sort of recollection that James Lawton has had that team name before. Oh. But I could be wrong, of course. It's a bit desperate, isn't it? Going James Lawton. an old name. Well, I'm not sure about that, Cam. I'm not sure I'd say that. James, let, let us know if, if that's a one that's been used before. Um, the final person entered so far, of course, is myself, Russell Borman. And it's, I don't think it'll come as any surprise, the team name that I've gone for this year. Um, which, of course, is the traditional and the fantastic team name of Dirty Habits. Brilliant. So we're all done. Marvellous. Let's go on to the next section, which is Key Picks. Okay, welcome to the uh, next stage of the podcast, Key Picks. Um, this is a chat that could go on for hours and hours and hours. Uh, lots on the scout um, part of the website, um, talking about formations and who you should focus on getting in. Uh, I just want to talk about formations, actually. I think it's become quite commonplace to go for a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, in actual fact, there's this great stat here that says, um, I think it is... Most of last season's top 10,000 managers played with three defenders in their starting 11. Um, so I'm not sure, are you a fan of three at the back now? Or? I'm, a, I'm more regular, I, I often play with a 3-4-3 three, three because the scoring opportunities for midfielders and strikers is generally higher than it is for defenders, I feel. But of course, if you're going to go for defenders, generally you want to go for those wing-backs or those converted Defenders, shall we say? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like Matt Ritchie for Newcastle. Historically, he's always been a midfielder in the game. Um, but this season, because he played last season a lot as a wing-back, he's classed as a defender for the upcoming season. So yeah. there's quite a few players who have kind of switched positions this year um, because of that. So do you go big on defence then? Do you get in loads, get, go, go expensive on the defenders? Because well, you've got... Alexander-Arnold, 12 assists last season. Robertson, 11 assists. Well, this is what you think. Um, when, you look at the, when you look at the stats for last season, you've got those three Liverpool defenders. Um, Van Dijk, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold. Now, Robertson outscored all of the forwards mm. last season, which is quite incredible. So the top-scoring forward last season was um, Aubameyang. Arsenal and he scored a total of uh, 205 points now Robertson got 213 mm-hmm. and Van Dijk got 208 so that's two defenders that actually scored more points than than the striker so that raises a problem though or question actually do you double up at the back well because can you can you really not go with two Liverpool defenders the issue with doubling up of course is that if they then do concede that's a lot of points gone from, from your game week. Because a lot of people, of course, will also be thinking about goalkeepers. Mm. Because Alisson 
was the top scoring goalkeeper last season for Liverpool as well. Uh, so it's a risky strategy. Really you see, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of spending money on goalkeepers. No, I don't feel like even the best ones. What are you getting six points really for a clean sheet? They're not facing lots of shots. Edison's not going to face a huge amount of shots. That's true. Yeah. So I often go cheap on the goalkeeper, but you know, I don't know about that. Um, the interesting stat about the defence, of course, is uh, there's in the top eight scoring defenders. There's only one Manchester City defender. Walker. Uh, no, um, Laporte. Hmm. So. Obviously, that is that telling us something about Manchester City's defence? Is leaky. it to do with their is it is their leaky or is it to do with rotation? See, that is another problem with top picks, isn't it? Going yeah. City heavily rotated at times. I know from bitter personal experience last season putting uh, Raheem Sterling as a triple captain choice because <laughs> um, it was a double game week, and then obviously devastated to find that he didn't play in the first game of that double game week, which absolutely ruined my. I feel cursing Pep's going to be another theme of the season. Oh yes, I think. Especially towards the end when you're saving up those chips for those double game weeks and things like that. Um, So, cursing your luck. Having a look at players then, to start in defence maybe, um, Lucas Dean seems, Dina, Dean seems quite um, popular. If you read any of the scout, scout uh, articles on the Mm. Fantasy Football website, he comes up an awful lot. He's in 27.3% of squads as we speak. So that's quite a high percentage. That is quite a lot. Um, only 6 million, is that cheap? It's sort of a fairly good price, isn't it? It's fairly good. Um, he takes free kicks. He's a, Again, he's a full-back or a wing-back, really. So has opportunity for assists and that sort of thing. Um, but on the Fantasy Football website, again, in the scout section, they had um, a, a group of experts pick their teams mm. to give you an idea about who they're going to pick. And I think he was the only player who appeared in every Everyone. single pick across across that group. So, so just to leave you with this then, on defenders, Holly Shand, um, she says here... Some sort of expert, apparently. Probably. I generally start the season with two premium defenders, but I'm tempted to go three or four this time. Just uh, to think about. That's I think I'm, my current team has about three slash four premium defenders, actually. Yeah. But it leaves me short everywhere else. That's well, the problem. and that's, that's the risk you kind of take. Um... Moving on to the midfield, we've obviously got the, the big guns there. You've got Salah, who has top scored for the last two seasons in a row. Um, at times last season, it seemed as though he wasn't quite doing the business, shall we say. And that's kind of been reflected in his price, because his price has come down at the start of this season from what it was last. I think it was like 13. I have to say, as a Liverpool fan, I watched it very closely at the start of last season. So, start of last season, he was coming off the back of an incredible season. Yes. He was 40 goals or something. Yeah. And the pressure definitely seemed to get to him. He did get, he did obviously returned quite well, didn't he? Yeah. In the course of the season, um, but he was quite a frustrating player to watch in the fir- at least the first mm. half. I'm, I'm guessing though that two good seasons now, I think he's going to start quite quickly. Would be my prediction. But the the only problem Liverpool have got obviously is that both Salah and Mane, who are their big kind of big scorers, really, um, both played in the African Cup of Nations. This is true. Over the summer. Uh, likewise, Firmino up front was in the Copa America for Brazil, who got to the final. Mm-hmm. So there's a risk, of course, there that those Liverpool players will be. Well, let's not dwell on it too much. But Liverpool also, I think, have lost four pre-season games. They have one there. a shocking pre-season. So, uh, do do you actually hold off for Liverpool players? Or yeah, not? I don't know. Um, and the one that you stick into into that group is obviously Raheem Sterling at Man City, who was the second highest scoring midfielder in the game last season. Now, 
he's a frustrating player, is old Raheem Sterling, because he misses chances on a weekly basis that you would expect him to put away. So he could score even more if he could sort those issues out. Um, and whether you try and get a combination of these midfielders into your team, I don't know. It's it's They're all over £10 million pounds mm. in the game. Um, and if you're going for those big defenders plus the midfielders and you want a decent striker, it's tough to get all those... That all said, those that's made me think that maybe the, the difference will be in... The difference will be made through those differentials. So, who Quite are the possibly. who are the six million pound players yeah. who are going to make a difference this season? Yeah, we'll talk um, about those in a moment. Okay. Um, up front, obviously, the big question mark is over Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Now, normally he is one of the top scoring players in the entire game, but last season, obviously, he was injured for parts of the season. And he didn't score anywhere nearly as high. Doesn't as he have a, he, has a, he has a period of injury in every season? He does he seem didn't... to. He also had that terrible record where he hadn't scored in August, mm. um, which I think he broke last season. He, he broke that. That's true. Correct. Um, the big two forwards last season were Aubameyang for Arsenal and that perennial fantasy football pick Sergio Aguero. Aguero. He, he can't stop. There was a worry last Aguero! season. Aguero. Sorry, I can. There was obviously that worry last season where they brought in Gabriel Jesus, and um, the worry was that Aguero would suddenly find himself not playing. But that didn't happen. He he continued to to bang the. I want him in my team, but I just know he's not going to play every single week. Yeah, so they're they're the kind of the big players that that are the popular ones that scored really highly last year. Yeah, but there's obviously those. Slightly cheaper versions and then the, the more budget versions, which could make could make big differences. Last year, the biggest players, um, which, which were cheaper, made huge differences. Uh, you had the two Bournemouth players, yeah. Fraser and Wilson. Who, was there King in there as well? Was he, Wilson? Josh King was a little bit further down, I think, because okay. he, again, he was injured for a little bit of the season. But Wilson got his first England cap based on his fantastic season. Mm. And a lot of his goals came from Fraser... Assists, which made Arsenal quite interested in Fraser, but but I, I think that's all. Where has um, who's a Brighton player? He didn't, what's his name? Where's he gone? The one knockout. Knockout. Where's he gone? He's on. He's, he's gone on loan somewhere. down in the Championship somewhere now. How is he? Yeah, they've put, sent it on loan somewhere. Okay, so interesting. He was never a big scorer anyway. No, he wasn't. No. Um, the real surprise last year was the Wolves striker Jimenez, who was the third. Oh, say that again. Say that again for me. Jimenez. <laughs> nice. Um, not to be confused with one, two, three. Um, but he was the third top scoring forward in the game, mm. which was a huge achievement. He's seven point five mil. I saw. Which is uh, cheap for a forward. It is fairly cheap, actually. And um, even Jota saw. I think scored a couple in pre-season already. Jota so. again is one of the scouts' picks on mm. fantasy football because he, towards the end of last season, really got a lot of points. And I think um, he's slightly cheaper, isn't he? As well, a million cheaper. I think mm. he's six point five. And then the other couple of slightly cheaper versions. We've got Sigurdsson for Everton, mm-hmm. who obviously takes penalties, takes free kicks. Uh, he's a big player for them. And then at Man City, you've got Bernardo Silva, who had a very, very strong season last season and could end up getting a lot of points this season. Um, to add to this, I don't know whether he comes under budget or differentials, actually. Juan Bissaka. Juan 5.5. So Is he going to hit the ground running or not? Well, you look at Manchester United last season. Uh, they didn't do great. 
Mm. They didn't keep many clean sheets. In fact, hardly any at all. Um, I know Luke Shaw did bring Jones an absolute masterstroke in the first game week of the season where he scored over 100 points in that first mm. game I'd week. strike him off. Um, so, you could do. Um, your budget players... Mm. Now, interestingly, a couple of these are Leicester players because they've signed um, Perez from Newcastle and they've signed Tielemans on a permanent deal and they're both around 6, 6.5 million. Um, so they could be ones to ones to watch. I think this is just a classic problem, isn't it? Great players last season. Some of these Greenish yeah. in the championship. Jack Greenish did excellently in the championship for Villa last season. You know it's going to be tough for them coming up. I know you don't know for sure, yeah. but... You're always a bit reluctant to put them in, aren't you? You've got Glenn Murray at Brighton still, who Absolute still don't donkey. appear to have. They still don't appear to have signed any strikers in the in the no. summer transfer window. You so. can't rely on Glenn Murray. Um, and then an interesting one I thought is Patrick Van Arnholt mm. at Crystal Palace. He's actually in the top twenty, top sixteen, high scoring defenders last season. So go along with that. Yeah. Right, we better move on. Um, but hopefully that's helped you if you were struggling to pick your team. There's a couple of good thoughts or food for thought so moving swiftly on to VAR video assistant referee and other potential problems Um, I've got a question for you Russell yes how is VAR going to affect us in the fantasy league this season, I think there's potential for it to cause massive upset and fury among managers, because our managers follow quite religiously some of these managers on BBC Sport text updates. This is a good. This like is a that. very good point. Um, and the excitement that they're going to be feeling when one of their players scores a goal or is close to keeping a clean sheet um, is quite incredible. So. Let's say Sergio Aguero scores a goal for Man City. Hmm. Callum Wooler has him in his team. Incredible excitement. Suddenly, text update updates. Goal disallowed. That's valuable points. But let's flip it on its head and you are the owner of the goalkeeper. Yes. And that last minute goal goes in, wipes your clean sheet. That is a special four point you're after. And then suddenly... Then BBC update said... VAR has decided it's not a goal. Mm. You're in the money. You could be. It will especially be a problem. I can see it being a special problem if at the end of the season there's two teams very close to the top. Mm. Um, Because if a title, for example, was decided by a VAR decision, um, both in the real world and in the fantasy world, that could cause all sorts of recriminations and people claiming to be the rightful... Winner or a champion when when VAR said otherwise, kind of thing. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about VAR. Is it has it gone too far? So an offside decision that is now being decided almost by a laser line that's talking millimeters with a toe offside. Is that is that too much? Always right, right, and wrongs wrong. Or do you want a little bit more margin for error, especially when people have always said in the past will give the um, benefit of the doubt to the striker. <clears throat> I don't know. And my second point, are we not already just numb to pain now as a fantasy team? <laughs> Every year. Every year something it happens, doesn't it? Someone doesn't get the assist <clears throat> that, according to BBC just, Sport, they should get. Yeah. There's another one um, of those problems, isn't it? When you see when you see some of the offsiders, for example, in the Women's World Cup, 
uh, over the summer. You had some offside decisions there mm. that were just incredibly tight. Um, and you worry that referees and are going to be relying on it far too much this season and, and checking every decision. Well, what is uh, it? So uh, in the Women's World Cup, they used it for penalties and goalkeepers off the line. But this season, just for key or obvious mistakes, yeah. offsides. Yeah. Not entirely sure what else so. is going to be in there. Um, the other big change, of course, this year <clears> is <throat> the me. new ruling on handball, which just uh, adds even more confusion to mm. what handball is and how it's judged. Um, because the letter of the law says it has to be deliberate. But no one actually ever applies that rule. If they, if somebody has their hand in an unnatural position now, that apparently is enough to... Well, I think PSG and Spurs suffered at the hands of that last season. Clever. Didn't they? Some they did. It's not a dodgy decision because essentially it's a rule, but I don't like the rule. No, and there were a couple of decisions in the Women's World Cup again which were slightly peculiar. And there was... I, watched, I was watching... Um, Stuttgart versus Hanover uh, on television at the weekend and the penalty was given in that game I think and the, uh, uh, it was it was it wasn't a penalty no it wasn't a penalty it was a free kick to the defending team it was in their own penalty area so the striker kicked the ball it hit the defender bounced back off the, to the defender hit the striker who had his arms pretty much by his body and the referee gave a, a free kick for handball to the defending team and you just think no one actually has any clue at the moment on how handball should be judged so those I think VAR handballs I think are the two big yeah. big problems coming the only other potential problem I get I think my problem is because I think about so many possibilities when trying to put in transfers I've gone through almost every player that when they inevitably <laughs> one of those inevitably scores at some point I'm there left thinking oh, I nearly had him that's classic fantasy football yeah. anguish there that it player is. that's on your bench Anyway, um, I, I'm getting annoyed talking about these things. I think we need to move on. So let's um, let's move on to the uh, VAR can do one for now. Yeah, let's move on to the goat discussion, yes. shall we? So moving on to the greatest of all time discussion or goat discussion. <laughs> so Russell, we have our um, Messi Ronaldo chat um before yeah. we go any further actually do you have an opinion on that Messi Ronaldo um I'd go personally I'd go Ronaldo okay purely because he's won international level honors and he's won stuff in more than one country I think you're gonna spot a debate just by saying that oh, yeah. people come in do you know what I'm I'm in your camp actually yeah. I think for natural raw talent I think there's no beating Messi yes but what Ronaldo's achieved I, I not sure there's much beating that really. Mm. Just people come back. The stats are all very similar, aren't they? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. moving on to the real goat, real greatest of all time. I guess the debate rages on actually between um, a Mister Bryn Jones and I guess there's only other one a person even close to him, and that's a, a Mister Russell Borman, who we have here today. Yes. I'm not sure it's the fairest debate to have. I hate to talk about myself, uh, but uh... so where do we stand then? What's the stat? What the, well, what are the stats? Again, stats, Bryn Jones 5, mm. Russell Bourne 4. But of course, if we were having this chat at the beginning of last season, mm. it'd be 4 each. So I personally don't think you can judge it on number of titles alone. See, I would say that when you have a good, when you're at your best, you're better than Bryn. Because oh. you have 
It's kind of you. You have it. you have those seasons where you're just untouchable, and then you sink like a exactly. Heavy I don't shit. think Bryn quite has those troughs that I do. Yeah. Those those absolute shocking is. So maybe that Bryn's, makes him. Bryn's never come last. He's steadier, isn't he? I've I've come last in the season before. Mm. Um, argument in my favour, original champion. Yeah. That can never be taken away from me, to be fair. I was the very first winner of that trophy. But then Bryn Jones is the only manager so far to have retained the trophy to one, two seasons in a row. It's true. No one else has done that. You both give it a bit of that, though, don't you? Both chirping up a bit. Yeah. I don't know who's, who the most arrogant yeah. manager is out of the two of you. I could argue that arrogance is you know, part of being the greatest of all time. Well, you need a certain level of arrogance mm. to, to really succeed as a fancy football manager if you have an opinion on who the greatest of all time is then please get in touch um, not via Russell he does not want any contact um, but via me um, maybe at the end of the show when we've got when we're flooded with messages we will uh, come back to that debate yeah we'll pick some of those out and, um, and have a look at them but I think on Silverware and Stats I think we might have to agree that it is Mr Bryn Jones for now until we get anything else that maybe changes mm. our opinion. Mm. Um, moving on then, predictions for next season. Let's go. So far, we have eight eight people um, in the team in the league. Um, so I think we'll start with eighth place. And um, Russell, who have we got down as finishing last? Well, we've gone for. <laughs> Josh Howe. Okay, racing through the rest of the league then. Sorry, Josh. Seventh place, no surprises, is Loz. I think he tends to settle around there, doesn't he? Maybe starts off quite strong and then falls down and down and down and down and down. Yeah. Um, sixth place, um, no apologies here, actually. Um, Evan, that's probably where you're going to finish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fifth, and he put himself here, actually. Russell, this is where you think you might finish this season. Um, yeah. I just feel yeah. I finished fifth last season. Um, I normally don't win very soon after a previous win, so this will be a second year without a win after that last time. So yeah, that's right. That's why I reckon. Fair enough. Um, into fourth, into the Champions League spots. I've put myself actually. Um, normally more positive than this, but the way things have been going, I can't really see myself getting much above that. But you never know. Um, then up into third spot, um, we have the goat. Um, Bryn Jones. Yeah, I don't think he's going to produce it again. It's one um, of his lower, lower yeah. finishes. Um, you can't keep that level of brilliance going. For, no, you can't really. For all that time. He might come back to bite us, um, but I can't. You can't have him win him a. I can't have him win a sixth. No, no, no chance. Um, so now it comes down to the top two. Who's it going to be? Just missing out on the top spot this season. We have. It's the choker extraordinaire, Mr. Tom Holloway. The Neely Man. And now comes the moment of truth. The time to reveal who we think is going to be the 2019-2020 Fantasy League champion. Mr. James Lawton. Yay! So, I feel we should probably just discuss why we thought um, 
all of these things. A potential new champion. Yeah, so James had a... He's always been there or thereabouts, hasn't he? He knows his stuff. Yeah, and last season, he had a storming end to the season where he really pushed himself into second place Mm. overall in the table. So, bearing in mind that fantastic finish, he could potentially continue that this year uh, to, to, to earn his very first ever fantasy... Another, uh, yeah, newly champion, crowned yeah. champion. He, I think last season might have been the first season he's actually tried all the way to the end, <laughs> which is actually quite a worrying thought. Well, yeah, look what happens when he tries. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so there we go, justification sorted. We're just going to take a moment now, before we read out some of the messages that we've received, we're going to take a moment to think about all those past fantasy football managers that we've lost over the years who've decided for whatever reason no longer to take part whether that be to do with death or simply can't be asked. death who's died well i heard rumor dave wood <laughs> <laughs> oh shit it might just be a rumor okay. um rest in peace but as far as i know he died in a terrible firework accident i heard it was asphyxiation Oh, with fireworks? How does that? That boggles the mind. Um, Anyway, danger of rumours. Anyway, let's get back to this serious business. Um, Of course, we've lost Dave Wood um, over the years. Uh, Phil Borman, sometimes known as the lesser of the Borman twins, has fallen by the wayside as a fantasy manager. And Professor Green. Professor Green, Stuart Green, um, has also gone over the years and it remains to be seen this year um, currently we're unsure whether Marcus, Big Marcus Haddad Hmm. nearly as much of a choker as Tom Holloway Can I just put out a request if anyone's seen, heard, knows anything about these individuals Especially David Wood Especially concerned about David Wood and those Photographic evidence That firework asphyxiation accident Um, We're just going to have a moment now just to think back on all those years of lack of effort from those managers they always sunk down to the bottom of the league and helped us other managers to look better and to feel better about our own management skills because we were always, always you well above now? them I just want to think about them okay thank you So sadly, Russell, we come to the end of our podcast. But before we leave, we've got some messages to, to go through. I'm just yeah. checking here on my emails. I've got quite a few coming. Well, you have to pick the best um, ones, Callum. Yeah, well, the first one coming to my attention, headed uh, David Wood, whereabouts. Um, a couple of people have come in about David Wood. And first one is from a Dixie Normus. <laughs> you are there, Callum. Put it together. Oh, fine. And the email says that um, David um, Wood's actually been spotted in a couple of places. He said he saw him down the park um, in some incredibly um, warm jeans. <laughs> yeah, he was watching watching some people play football, apparently. Um, I believe but, he was asked to play, but said no, he just wanted to go and watch. And I quote from the, from the email, uh, he knows where the goal is, apparently. Um, followed then down into town where he was seen outside Cart with a pack of four of... Um, Strong bar, special brew of some sort. Um, sounds like it's our man. I mean, based on what we know about Dave Wood, mm. that sounds like him. Jolly good that he's not dead. Yeah. 
Um, we've had another email from uh, Dan Rose uh, saying that he will definitely be taking part this season. Um, he's working on his team name, according to the email. Uh, he assures us that it won't be anything rude. Um, and we can only hope that that's true, Dan, because uh, apparently, as administrator of the league, I am able to suspend people from the league. So, just to warn you. Mm. Okay. And going on to my email. Oh my God, look at those. <laughs> <laughs> that, what emails are you receiving? <laughs> you should not be punished for having big boobs. You should not. Never, never. <laughs> anyway, so my next email is from um, a Willie Stroker. Um, just saying that bloody glad that we've done the podcast and he's, yeah. he really enjoyed it and he's hoping for another one I'm not quite sure you're going to get another one Willie but um, we will do our best maybe for next season if people like it I guess we're not going to get another podcast are we if people don't let us know they like it so do subscribe pass the pod as they say pass the pod indeed. so th- thanks Willie Stroker um, and one more should we go one more before we go okay so we've got an email from uh, Jack Goff who says... <laughs> you right there, cunt? Sorry, the bloody pollen. Oh, OK. Sneeze my bloody hate. Well, it's the summer. Yeah. Um, who says... Uh, neither Bryn nor Russell are the true goat of fantasy football. Wow. It was shocking. What's, what's, shocking he, what's he saying? Who's he saying he is the goat, then? They're suggesting that a, uh, a young man named uh, Oven Grill, who's never oh, won it before... Oh, you know, you know why that is, don't you? Why? You see what his sign-off is? I think he's uh, King's Church or something. Oh, uh, another Bible backer, I see. Interesting. Can't trust those. Well, I think that's pretty much all the time we've got, Kevin. It is, yeah. No time for really any other business. But um, thank you very much, Russell Borman, for your time. Um, just a quick shout-out to our sponsors, of course. Mm-hmm. Meatspin.com. Um, <laughs> head on over to Meatspin.com for their latest news and videos. Um, thank you for sponsoring us. Um, thank you for having me, Callum. It's been no a pleasure. At all. I'm glad you were on board with the idea. And all I can say is good luck for the uh, forthcoming season. You too. Not too much luck, of course, from myself to you because everyone wants to win that trophy again. Mm. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. <laughs>